0: Father, we thank you once again for bringing us here safe and sound. Thank you for your sovereign hand, Lord God, that you made it possible for us to be here, that we are healthy. Thank you for bringing us in this country that we can praise and worship you without fearing for our lives. We thank you for this venue, this building that you provided for us. We thank you for the full year, 2023, full of blessings. Though there were trials, You have sustained us. We ask now, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit, the true teacher and the guide. Help us, Father, as we hear your word, as we study your word, Father God. May our hearts be opened to your voice. May our our minds be receptive of your message. And may we be humble, Lord God, to receive your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. There you go, that was Luke 2, 8, 10. We're on our week three. And um, just in case you're not seeing it, we're we're tackling joy, joy. Uh, I don't think Jeff is here this evening, but I found out, is he here? Is he here? No, the uh, the other Jeff. (laughs) The other Jeff, um, his nickname is actually Joy. So give him a hard time uh, when you see him. (laughs) Joy. Joy is not based upon things, but it is based upon our relationship with and understanding of Jesus. Now, joy is the trait that we're going to be exploring today on the third Sunday of Advent. And if you've been journeying with us the past few weeks toward Christmas, you know that we have been celebrating Advent. As a quick recap... The word Advent means coming or arrival, and the season is marked by expectation, waiting, anticipation, and longing. Advent is not just an extension of Christmas, it is a season that links the past, present, and future. Advent offers us the opportunity to share in the ancient longing for the coming of the Messiah, to celebrate his birth. And to be alert for his second coming. Advent looks back in celebration at the hope fulfilled in Jesus Christ's coming. while at the same time looking forward in hopeful and eager anticipation to the coming of Christ's kingdom when he returns for his people. Amen? During Advent, we wait for both. It is an active, assured, and hopeful waiting. as you know, each week we are focusing on different attributes of God represented in the coming of Jesus. We first tackled hope, and then last week was peace. Today will be joy, and the following will be love. Those, those, three, those four traits, we are learning how we can rediscover, rediscover the greatest of all time Christmas that happened in the history of humanity. Now, despite the challenges like our brother Jeff is going through and brother Larry went through, despite the challenges and hardships and pains and difficulties we might be expecting, we know because of Christmas, we can have, as believers, we have joy. Why? Because of Christmas, Christ came down, God became like us, and he, this is why the word Emmanuel, God with us. And knowing that God is with us, the Holy Spirit being with us, we can experience joy no matter what discouragement we may be going through. So, since this is the time of um, gifts, right? Where Christmas is partly receiving and giving gifts. Uh, to my hesitation... Uh, I was given the task by the men's ministry to read this open letter to all the ladies in the church. Uh, Now, uh, I I was given the task. You're going to hate me, but I'm going to read it anyway, ladies. Let me begin. Dear ladies, we know you mean well. We know you think you know best. But enough is enough. We have suffered in silence for too long. Having shared our pain with each other, we husbands hereby step out of the shadows and we open up our hearts this year as you shop for our Christmas gift. Ladies, are you listening? Please don't buy us what we need. We know we need to smell better. And look nicer. We know you like us in warm pajamas. My wife actually got me that. And new underwear. But we do, we do not know what to say when we open these gifts. How can you fake enthusiasm over house slippers? How can you look happy holding a nose hair trimmer? (laughs) I have three of them. I don't know what my wife's trying to tell me. Now, we've lied long enough. For the sake of integrity, on Christmas, on Christmas morning, we offer this guidance as you look at any potential gift. You have to ask yourself these questions. Can he play with it? Does it swing? Bounce, shuffle, cast, or roll? Can you, find it, can you find it on a trigger grip? Is there a cord or a, a stick shift? Does it consume oil or dog food? Does it, does it have a big screen and remote control? If it does, buy it. It doesn't matter if he already has it. This is not the time to be practical. When considering an item of men's apparel, ask yourself, is it brown and green and rain-resistant? You can't lose with any garment, that is. But realizing that many women prefer to shop anywhere except the hunting department, we offer these two questions. Does it make him look cute? And Or does it make him look like a hunk? Like this. If the clothing makes him look cute, drop it immediately. If it makes him look like a hunk, buy two. When all else fails, ask this question. Can he eat it? The question is not, would you eat it? Or other humans eat it? Or is it edible? Don't occupy yourself with these trivialities. The question is, Can he eat it? If the answer is affirmative, consider yourself on safe ground. Now, in closing, we extend this offer. If you buy us what we want, we will do the same for you. And without revealing any further details or crucial details, we will only tell you that this gift comes from a large vacuum cleaner company That has offered us a group discount. And you thought we were insensitive, huh? Now, no need to thank us. Love your husbands. Amen? (laughs) I thought it was a good letter. It was a good letter. There's worst and best gifts, right? I think everybody has in their history... The worst gift that you've ever received and the best gift that you received. Correct? I've shared it before. I think it was last week that what the first Christmas that me and my siblings had here, we thought it was a, a, a Sega. We thought we were going to get a Sega in 1993. 90, uh, but we got a, that's the dictionary. That's the picture of the dictionary we were given by all our relatives in California. We moved from the Philippines. They thought we could not communicate. We needed a dictionary. For me, I think that's the worst gift that I have ever received. But I, as I was thinking about a gift that I would, that was the best one for me, and there's been several, but this one touches touches my past life, and it, it just really grips my heart. I remember getting that, the toy gun revolver. You know, when I was younger, my dad loved to watch action films, and most of the action films there's. A- Cowboys versus Indian, and nobody wanted to be the Indian, right? Everybody wants to be the cowboy. And the cowboys had the gun, the revolver. I remember we were my, 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 my mom, um, me and my, my parents, we lived in this studio, which was the basement of someone's house, and our bathroom was like, "You have to go out. And you know, it's, in, in, it's in Hong Kong, is, is what we call it, because Hong Kong's is the n- nearest country. You have to really step out of the house to get to your bathroom. So that type of house, my mom hid it like underneath the bed and I found it and I, I thought it was like the best gift, you know. But I was so excited to open it, to play with it. But you know what? I think it was made in China. That excitement only lasted after it broke. But see, we all know that when we receive the best gift or a great gift, we know that it can fade through time. Either it gets broken or it get, it loses its its beauty. But because you lose your joy, you know you were so joyful when you got it, but then you lose your joy because it was focused on something that did not have a long term effect. When we expect gifts to give us joy, that we long for in life. We will be greatly disappointed. We have to find another source of our joy that does not fade when something new comes along. But we have to first ask the question, what is joy? Joy, a fruit of the Spirit, comforting, content and full of peace, an enduring attitude of the heart and spirit, and a natural part of the Christian faith. It's often connected with, but not limited to, following Jesus and pursuing a Christian life. So it's really not tangible. But it's it's always connected with our walk with Christ. Amen? We believe as a church here that we cannot lose our salvation. Once we receive Jesus as our Lord, we cannot lose our salvation. We cannot out-sin God's grace. We believe that but well, we all what we do believe that we can lose our joy because the enemy cannot steal our salvation but he can rob us of our joy when we fall into sin but i think i think we also need to know the difference between joy and happiness what is happiness happiness an outward expression of emotion connected to a moment a moment December 24, for most of us here, we celebrate Christmas, right? Christmas Eve, and then 12 o'clock happens, and we do the countdown just like New Year. We say, Merry Christmas, blah, 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 hug, eat again, right? And then stay up till 3, wake up at 8, eat again, right? And then we go back to work, and then we take down the Christmas decorations, right? Some of you come back from the Philippines, and then you say, Back to reality. Because happiness is based on a moment. It's connected to a moment. And it's fleeting in comparison to joy. Because joy lasts. Carried along with a scent on a breeze. We pursue happiness. We do. But we choose joy. As we grow in our faith and become more more attuned at choosing and living in joy will inevitably want to share joy with others now christmas is a season of joy however most would gauge this joyfulness in, on circumstantial things how was the visit with the in-laws how was the food how many gifts did i get did i get what i wanted right I think in order for us to really establish what joy is and what God means and what we should be enjoying when we experience Christmas joy, is knowing the difference between joy and happiness helps us to know that the problem is when we base our joy on circumstances. If you base your joy on your circumstances, it is not joy at all, but temporary happiness. Now, to experience the greatest of all time Christmas ever is to experience joy that transcends the holiday hype. Christmas is, as it was once intended, an announcement about the arrival of the Savior who would rescue us from our sin and give us real life. This announcement is the very reason why we can experience joy this Christmas that is not based on material circumstances. But instead is based on Jesus' presence in our lives. Amen? I know I don't need to convince a Christian about this truth, but unfortunately, because we're so much in the world, at times, that we get, our focus gets misaligned, that we lose our joy, and all of a sudden we're no longer wanting to follow God properly. Because we're now we're following God to bless us. He now becomes the ATM machine, right? He's the power behind our success. He should be more than that. Don't we agree? Joy is deep abiding, resilient joy. Deep abiding, resilient joy is found in Christ alone. You know, Oswald Chambers says that the Bible nowhere speaks about. A quote-unquote happy Christian. It talks plentifully of joy. Happiness depends on things that happen and may sometimes be an insult. Joyfulness is never touched by external conditions. And a joyful heart is never an insult. Just like Brother Larry, right? A true Christian, right? A true Christian can say, I had joy, I had peace. And I was still hoping on God, but no matter what, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Even if he doesn't, even if God doesn't rescue us, they told Nebuchadnezzar, we will not bow down to your statue. Joy produces a manifest happiness, but it is much more than happiness. Joy is an attitude Developed by an awareness of the indwelling presence of God in us. Which is what the greatest of all time, Christmas, made possible for us. God with us. Emmanuel. Amen? Every believer, you have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you. You have God indwelling in you. God values you. Values you to a point that he gave his life for you, values you a lot so much that before you even know you needed him, he made it the decision. He made the decision. Now he loved us so much that while we were his enemies, he loved us by dying on the cross many years ago for us. So if he did not get that new Apple watch? It's okay. Or that new Jordan release. It should be okay. Joy is a gift. Our first point. Joy is a gift. Brother Larry said it earlier. In Galatians 5.22-23. That one of the many fruits. Described. There is, is joy. But the fruit of the spirit is love. Joy. Peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Are you a Christian? Say amen if you are. So you have joy. And joy was your gift from God. It's a gift from the Spirit. The Apostle Peter says in 1 Peter 1.8, Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him And are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Don't you agree? No matter how crazy the country is, is, is turning into. Don't you, as a Christian, you have that hope that God is still in control. And you're hoping that, you know, come 2024, this will change, right? You have that hope. You have that joy. You have that peace. That even if it doesn't work out after we leave this world... We go in a place where there is no more pain, no more bills, (laughs) right? There is work, but we have our perfect body, so we're not going to complain. There's no aching, my back hurts, my tooth aches, you know, no more. And Christmas in particular is a season that reminds us of who Christ is and why he came for us. Inexpressible joy is not something that can be placed Under the tree. Abiding. Or lasting joy. Doesn't come from Target. Or Walmart. Or Amazon. Or Timu. Or Rakuten. Doesn't come from those places. Or Meadowood Mall. Our joy is found in something. That we can't even see. But as Christians. Even though we don't see Jesus. We love him. And we have faith in Him. Amen? And through our relationship with and understanding of Jesus, we receive the gift of deep, abiding, and resilient joy. And frankly, church, it's a joy that's hard to hide. Do you agree? If you have joy, true joy from God, it's hard to hide. Good news travels fast. Right? I don't know, if you've seen a great movie, you can't shut up about it. You spoil it for the next guy, correct? So we all know that there's been a time that we've been so excited about something or an event, so happy that it was so hard for us to hold it inside. You know, I have my notes here. Share an uplifting story that you could not shut up about. I remember the Mani Pacquiao days for Filipinos. You know, I watched it with you guys, but the next day, or let's say the after the fight, we're talking about the same thing we watched. We're so happy. And then the next day, and then we text each other. We have screenshots of what happened. Remember when when he beat up Margarito? We're like, oh my gosh, such a big dude. Pacquiao so little. And then when he won his eight championship, we couldn't shut up about it. Up to 20, it's 2023, and I'm still talking about it. (laughs) good news travels fast. And we see that with the shepherds. I read Luke 2, 8 to 10, right? And there were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch. And then they, they were told. And they were told not to be afraid. And then, and then what did they do? What did the shepherds do? They went. They did what they were told they didn't say, oh, great. That's a great announcement from the, the angel. Let's go back to work. No, they, they went, right? Because you all know the rest of the story. But can you imagine the overwhelming and indescribable joy these shepherds might have, must have been experiencing? This is the news that the nation has waited for generations to hear. And the angel of the Lord rightly says the news was good and would cause great joy. Now, you have to fast forward about 30 years. And we know Jesus began his ministry by teaching, preaching, and healing as the crowds gathered to him wherever he went. That's in Matthew 4.23. Now, if you've ever read through the Gospels, you'll probably remember something funny that, has, that happened as Jesus ministered. Often, he would heal someone and tell them not to tell anyone what had happened. And often, that same person would what? Would go and tell people anyway. Right? This is what happened in Mark 7.36. And Jesus, Jesus charged them to tell no one. But the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. Why couldn't people keep the news to themselves? Because they were overwhelmed with joy and excitement at the teaching, preaching, and healing of Christ. In fact, this is the good news, the gospel. And it's still shared to this very day. And it's too good. It's too good for it to be hidden. Amen? The reason that we have lost the excitement to even share what Christ has done in our lives... It's, we probably what, lost our joy because we probably have enjoyed the world way too much. We probably just enjoyed the blessing way too much more than the blesser. This is when it crumbles for us. So you have to look at yourself, do a spiritual inventory, and say, How many times this year did I share Jesus? How many times did I proclaim his goodness, the, all the good things that he has done for me and my family? Brother Larry shared it earlier, but I was there not one time when the nurse was looking at the 200. You know, it's like prices right there, you know, at that time. Like, how much is it? 275, 275, 275, 275. And then Brother Larry says, Are you Filipino to the nurse? And she goes, Yes. And then Brother Larry, at what he was going through, his condition, he looks at me, he goes, do you have a card, pastor? Give her a card. And I'm like, your blood pressure is 275. <laughs> You're inviting people to come to church. Because if there is something, right, it's an inexpressible. You just can't explain it. Third point, joy, always. Joy, always. In his letter to the Thessalonians, Paul says, and Vince it, mentioned it earlier, Rejoice always, even in adversity, even in trial and tribulation. We are, by God's word, through the Apostle Paul, are encouraged to rejoice. Again, in James 1, 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. But we will only want to experience, we only want to be joyful when good things are happening. But the Bible is telling us, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials. And when there are blessings that happen in our lives, the Bible tells us to thank God for the blessings. And we are told... To what? To share the blessings that God has given us. And then when trials come, we are to be joyful. Now, this is such an encouragement. In fact, rejoice in Acts 5.41. It says, because they have been counted worthy of suffering, disgrace for the name. Remember this story here? If you read it, you know it, right? The disciples were told, do not proclaim The name of Jesus. Do not share about the way. The Christians were called the way. Christian faith was called the way at that time. Or else we will. Imprison you. And punish you. And what did they do? They shared it anyway. They shared it anyway. And instead of crying. And complaining. Oh my gosh Lord. I followed you all these months. All these years. But look at me. No, no. They, because they they found it so joyful to be considered worthy of suffering in His name. Now, the normal person will say, how? (laughs) Right? If you're in your right mind, you will say, how can these people rejoice in suffering? Or how can someone rejoice in suffering? How can they look into the face of of adversity and consider it pure joy? I know this is oversimplification, but this is the truth. The answer is Jesus. 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 Because Jesus knows, and he knew, he knows the pain that you're in. He knows the heartbreak that you're going through. He knows how, how far He can take you. He knows what's good for you and what's not good for you. And we know that he is loving. Because He already gave Himself for us. Right? He already did. Why will He not give us the rest? But sometimes, unfortunately, in this life... Some of our prayers, let's say, for healing, it will not be answered because the ultimate healing has been done. We've been paid for. So if this body dies, we go to heaven. I know some of us, some of us we don't, we're not ready for heaven yet, some of us. Because we have a great retirement plan. You know, we have places to be, islands to visit, toys to buy. Because we don't have a, a, a good perception of what heaven is. Or, even in this life, we have neglected to enjoy the presence of God in us. Now, Believe me when I say Jesus understands suffering. And He understands the times and seasons in your life when it's difficult to rejoice. It is difficult to rejoice when you're suffering because you're, we're just human. We feel. We feel it. During the darkest part of King David's life, he wrote in Psalm 51, and, and listen to what he says. And let his plea resonate with you today. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. It's okay to need God's help. In fact, if someone like King David needed it, then I can guarantee that. We will too. Amen? You see what's more important to David there? Do not cast me from your presence. God is more important to David. Was more important to David. It should be the same with us. Now, David screwed up several times, right? But so so do we but joy is available to all of us sometimes it's more accessible than others but remember this the life of faith is a marathon not a sprint there can and will be a long and be long seasons where the journey is difficult like what larry says 39 years brother larry 39 years And there will also be long stretches of indescribable joy and excitement. Amen? If you've been married for quite some time, you know what joy is. And you know what marathon is without running. Right? We know what it means. Now I always, you know, I always had a the big idea of running a marathon. And I'm thinking about it again next year, for next year. But thinking about it is not me doing it, okay? <laughs> so thinking about becoming joyful with God is a good start, but it's not it Knowing that only through Christ and in Christ and with Christ that you will experience true true and pure joy in the midst of your trial, that's the only way that you can experience the joy that is described and is given and is real for us because of when Jesus was born. Amen? Now, C.S. Lewis says... I know, Lord, why you utter no answer. You yourself are the answer. My encouragement today is to choose, to choose, for you to choose, to rejoice always. And to count everything as joy. Even the seasons when it's difficult. Even when adversity finds its way to your doorstep. There is no amount of difficulty or trouble that can steal Christ from you. You are his, and you know what? He is yours, amen? That should really, it, you know, just light up that joy, that fire of joy in you. You agree? No? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Maybe next week. The goat Christmas, the greatest of all time Christmas is cause for joy. In Romans 15, 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Sit right there. Do you want pure joy? Do you want the real joy? Then it has to be like that. You have to realize that it's God. That will fill you with that joy and peace. But you have to believe. You have to choose to do it. You have to think it and believe it. You have to stop telling yourself that it's not going to happen. You have to say, Lord, even if it doesn't happen, I know I have you with me. Amen? Now, you know what? Let's think about it real fast, okay? If, materials, if material possessions could give deep and abiding joy, then why aren't all the millionaires and billionaires the happiest and positive bunch on the planet Earth? Do you agree? I, I know some. If joy could be purchased from Walmart or Amazon and delivered to your door right after you press enter, why doesn't everyone have it then? Because everyone here has an Amazon account. Everyone had something delivered at our doorstep. The one thing that we thought was going to give us the happiness, pure joy and happiness. No. If indescribable joy could be found in likes or number of followers, right? And digital friends. How many friends? I have, <laughs> I have a lot of digital friends. Digital friends then why aren't all the social influencers teaching the rest of us courses on how to get it? Click here so you'll know how to find joy. There's none. They're not there. Now I'm pretty sure we all know the answer. And yet many of us keep looking in the same old places for joy. And that, my friends, is why Christmas season... Such a special one. Of course, the presents and the parties are great. You know, I'm not, not telling you not to do it. It's great. But deep down, we know that the most wonderful and amazing part of Christmas is the opportunity to refocus, refocus our energy on what matters most. During Christmas, we remember who Christ is and why he came for us. Christmas is a great time for us Christians to share Jesus once again. Amen? Be bold. Say Merry Christmas. Don't go with the happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Same to you. Merry Christmas. Right? Be politically incorrect. Because it's for God. Right? If you're going to be politically incorrect, be do it for God. Because we don't bow down to anyone else. Right? But God. Amen? You know what? We have eternal hope in the promises of God made alive in Christ. We have unshakable peace in Christ. Who will return for his church? He will return, right? If we're all going to be honest, I I, I think if we're going to try to be honest and not be too careful, we know where the world is heading, right? It's heading south. And I don't mean Alabama. It's heading south, right? Right? We have the gift of deep abiding and resilient joy through our love for and understanding of Christ. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our great high priest, the prince of peace, wonderful counselor, friend of sinners, Emmanuel, God with us. And he knows what it means to suffer. You would agree with that, right? If it comes to suffering, Christ knows what suffering is. There are, there are many of us who, like King David, need to ask for help from time to time because we have the tendency to just screw things up. Right? Just like I have an idea to run a marathon, but then <laughs> I don't take the first step. Sometimes we're like David. You know, the beauty of it, though, is Jesus already knows that. Jesus already knows that you and I will stumble. You and I will fall. You you and I will fall short. You and I will will be selfish from time to time. He knows it. What's the antonym of joy? Joy. And it's not yoj. okay? <laughs> Discouragement. Discouragement is dissatisfaction with the past, distaste for the present, and distrust of the future. It is ingratitude for the blessings of yesterday, indifference to the opportunities of today, and insecurity regarding strength, for tomorrow, that's the antonym of joy. It is unawareness of the presence of beauty, unconcern for the needs of our fellow man, and unbelief in the promises of old. It is impatience with time, immaturity of thought, and impoliteness to God. This is from William Ward, um, April of 1989. That's the antonym of joy. Are you not enjoying your spouse now? Because you're, what, you're, you're spending too much time on Instagram and you thought that that good looking girl should be your wife now or your husband? You're not seeing the blessing in front of you, the blessing that a girl actually said yes to you? <laughs> right? With all your flaws and imperfection? Are you not enjoying? Are you not thanking God for all the blessings that you have in this country? Or in your life now? Because what? You've forgotten the times when you were, were living in a one-studio apartment? Where the bathroom, you have to walk out? It's the antonym of joy. ingratitude, Indifference. Distrust for the future, negative thinking, you know, the half-cup Christians, half, half-empty Christians. Now, what's the call to action? A call to action for our message is you have to choose joy, and as you choose it, you have to share it, amen? That's a decision. You have to decide that you will choose to be joyful. That you will choose to be grateful. That you will choose to be excited. And you will choose to be in Christ. To be obedient in his word. Max Tocato said from the Grace for the Moment. He says, he, wrote, he reads, I choose joy. I will invite my God to be the God of circumstance. I will refuse the temptation to be cynical. The tool of the lazy thinker. I will refuse to see people as anything less than human beings created by God. I will refuse to see any problem as anything less than, an, less than an opportunity to see God. Amen? Now, Pastor Max was saying, I choose to be aware of God in my life. I choose to allow that to impact Every area of my life, I choose to have an attitude of joy. Luke 2 15 20. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, this is the shepherds, there's this, this was their call to action after they got the news. The shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened. Which the Lord has made known to us. Whenever good news is revealed to someone. You can't help it but to take action. Right? Jesus says I died for you. Receive my gift. Your action is to take it. Receive it. And if you know that that's the only way for you. And for your, your best friend. Or your, your, your dad. Or your mom. Or your co-workers. Then you have to say. Let's go straight to Bethlehem. And then look at this. They hurried off. They hurried off. They didn't procrastinate. They didn't go to like, let's, you know what, let's, let's uh, have a prayer meeting on what we heard here. Before, after the prayer meeting, let's have a Bible study, examine if we, we heard it right. No, they hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the feeding throne. After seeing them, they reported, look at this, another action. After seeing them, after seeing God, Emmanuel, they reported the message. They were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Imagine, but Mary was treasuring up all these things. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard just as they had been told. The shepherds that would not be even invited in any parties. <laughs> right? Because the shepherds, they smell like sheep. Because, you know, unlike today, there's no cologne. Some of us, if there's no cologne, we will smell like sheep. Us men. Right? <laughs> or kambing for our, our culture. Right? There's, there's the gift of that. God revealed himself to the unwanted. God broke the greatest news to the unwanted of the society. Why them? But more so, it took action. The burden to share is to those of whom the good news was revealed to the burden to spread the news was on the shepherds. And they did so. They hurried off. And they told everyone what they had seen. Did you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you are a Christian, you did. Right? Did you hurry off after receiving that good news? Did you hurry off? Or did you after many years, because what? It's, it's stale now, right? It's like that bread that you forgot. It's moldy. Getting mold, right? You know it's so good, and you want it for your PB&J at 11 o'clock at night. You're like, huh, ah, man, what a waste. You know that you should see salvation a waste if it's not shared? Because God blessed you not to keep it for yourself. Do you agree? That salvation that was given to us, it must be a flowing river. This Christmas, instead of focusing so much on the material things that you can give, or that you want to give, or you can't give because you're broke, think about the most important and most critical gift that you can give, which is Jesus to the people that surrounds you. Amen? Let's close in prayer. Thank you very much for your patience there. As the music team make their way up here to sing our closing song, I would like to invite everyone, everyone who needs prayer. As I said it two Sundays ago, don't come to church not prayed for, especially if you have A need. If you need prayer, I'm going to be up front. You can come up and I can pray for you. For those people who are upstairs, be convinced. And Brother Will can, can be the one to pray for you up there. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you have not received the ultimate gift, and you would like to do that today, please come up so I can lead you into that prayer. If you have been visiting us for quite some time and the Holy Spirit has impressed it in your heart to become part of this church, please come up so we can recognize you. Amen? Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your message for us. As we count down the days to Christmas Day, Lord God, we ask for your Holy Spirit to ignite the joy that is in our hearts. Not only you, Father God, can truly do. Help us remove the sins that has been hindering us in obeying you and following you completely. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins, for they are many, more than we would like to admit. Help us, Father, to live for you. Help us to be bold for you. Help us to be joyful despite our trouble. Help our brother Jeff Lorgazi comfort him as he has lost his father. Guide all of us, Lord God, and may we see what Christmas truly is about. You coming down from heaven so that we can be with you. Amen. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, and all the Lord's people said, Amen, Amen. Let's all rise for the closing song.